0: What's up podcast. This is Match Lava, and we're listening to the Road to Freedom Pod. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Match Lava. And today is Sunday, June twelfth, twenty twenty-two. It has been a pretty slow day so far. I got up a little bit later and went to church. Came back, got a little bit of work done, and now we're here. And so I've been doing a little bit of research on some of the sneaker releases for the week. So I'm going to talk about those, and then talk a little bit about some of the work that I've been doing on Amazon this past weekend. So we really have one major release this week and then a couple kind of auxiliary releases that I've been looking at. The main release for the week, if you pay attention to sneakers at all, will be the Jordan 4 Infrared that will be coming out later this week. I believe it comes out on Wednesday. I'm not sure if that's the official name for the shoe or not, but it is a clean looking Jordan 4 it is like a very very sought after colorway a lot of people have been after this shoe i've seen a lot of social media posts about it in probably the last six months even the last year i've seen people talking about this shoe and in my opinion it's going to do really well and and part of that is because it's just a clean colorway and part of that is because it does have those concepts or, or those colors of like a bread kind of colorway it, it has gray on it so it doesn't classify maybe as like a traditional colorway that would be bread, but it does have like black and red and it's a darker shoe with red on it. So it has kind of tones and hints of of just your traditional bread colorway on a shoe. Now, that being said, prices are down and, and they're not looking that great. I'm looking at prices right now on StockX. They're decent for bigger sizes. You're looking at size 10 through size maybe 13. You're probably looking to get somewhere around $270 to $290, depending on the size and depending on who's buying them. Retail's $200, so it's up a little bit. I believe they used to be $190 for Jordan 4s. So Nike has added on some additional costs for some of their shoes. I think 4s are up to $200, so it's going to be a little bit less profit there. But again, if these hold and they stay around $270, $280, which only time will tell, and we'll have to kind of revisit this back in... Uh, on Wednesday and see if the prices are actually the same or not. But if they hold around 270 280 that's a pretty profitable shoe. And honestly, this is one of the bigger releases that I've been looking forward to all year from a Jordan or Nike standpoint because people want this shoe. It's a clean shoe. It's a good-looking shoe. If materials are good, if they look decent, and it's not just some trashy kind of fake, crappy, leather, suede crap that Nike has put on shoes before these, if these are good quality materials, they could actually do very, very well. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to those coming out on Wednesday. Now, two other releases that we have a really, one other one that I've really been paying attention to is we're supposed to have a restock at some point this week of Jordan 1 mids. And so those, a lot of mids do really well. Uh, the gray pairs, like a gray, white, and black pairs and stuff like that will do exceptionally well and so those should be releasing at some point this week i'm not exactly sure what date and then on thursday and i think a lot of people will sleep on this but puma is doing a release of the lamello ball uh, basketball shoe now these have been sold out all year and it's very difficult to get these shoes and the reason why i'm pretty bullish on the shoe is for two reasons one it is one of the best sneakers that there are right now to play basketball in just from a traditional like here's a retail sneaker go buy it it's, it's one of the better basketball shoes on the market right now. And the other thing is that this may be the best basketball shoe that was a player specific like Silhouette that they've ever released. And so that's kind of a, a very big kind of honor to be placed on a, a basketball shoe, no less Puma of all companies to be making it. And so for a lot of people to be saying, hey, like out of all the first basketball shoes they've released for a player, where you have Kyries, you have KD's, you have obviously the Jordan 1, you have LeBron's. A lot of people are saying this is one of the the best most playable uh, basketball shoes that we've ever had and it plays so well. So a lot of basketball players are actually targeting this shoe for just use purposes, right? And so you have people that want the shoe because they're fans of Melo, you have people that want the shoe because they like to play basketball and they want to play basketball in them. And then you have people that want to be able to just resell the shoe, or maybe they just want to collect it and hold it for a while. And so, there's a lot of different people that are going after the shoe. I think that prices will do well, and it's also the first low kind of uh, edition of this shoe. So, typically basketball shoes, they have what's just their traditional kind of mid and the, or high edition, and then they have a low edition for basketball shoes because some people like to play with a more lower to the court kind of. Uh, less like intrusive basketball shoe, where it kind of feels like you're almost wearing just a regular like uh, free run or something like that. It has that feel where you don't have a big clunky basketball shoe on. It's it's a lower shoe. It fits your foot a lot slimmer. They're usually a little bit lighter. Some people like that feel. It doesn't maybe hold your ankle as well. A lot of them typically do, but some people like the bigger shoes because they're higher and they give them more ankle support. Some people like the lower shoes because you still get the ankle support, but you also have less weight and less shoe to kind of worry about maneuvering in. And so these I think will do pretty well. I'm excited about them. I'm probably going to possibly buy a pair for personal anyway because I want to be able to have a good pair of basketball shoes to play indoor on. And whenever I go to play basketball, the current thing I'm using right now is a LeBron 11, and those are maybe the worst shoes ever invented. And I think they look great, but they're just they're horrible basketball shoes. Every time I wear them, my feet just are completely blistered up and cut up and stuff because it's like putting a big piece of... Uh, like PVC made shoe on your foot. It, it's not it's not playable, it's not comfortable whatsoever. And so hopefully I'll, I'll be able to get a pair of these maybe for personal, but if not, I'd also like to get a few other pairs to kind of resell and even offset the personal cost of, of buying a pair of these shoes for myself. So I'm gonna be going for these, I think. I'm gonna keep paying attention to prices. If, if prices on StockX look really bad, I may not go for them, and maybe I'll even see if I can buy a pair resale if they end up not doing that well. But I think they will. I think that there's a good opportunity for them to do well. We saw it with the Rick and Morty colorway they did in the regular MBO ones. We saw it in the purple ones, like the Queen City colorway. We saw it in a lot of these colorways. I think every colorway they've released of the regular edition of the Mellow MB.01, I'm pretty sure that every one of them is selling really well. And it's not just like selling like, hey, you can make a little bit of money. It's like, hey, this is 120 $125 basketball shoe, and it's reselling right around the $200 mark at the minimum. And so there's definitely a lot of money to be made on that. I'm going to go for very easy to Sell sizes, which would be like your 10, 10 and a half, 11, maybe even a 12, because most people would fit into those size shoes. You have a lot more demand. And if it really is a lot of basketball players buying this up to play in, then you're going to want to be able to sell to the majority of the basketball players who have a smaller feet. And so that that would be kind of where I'm at right now. They don't have smaller feet, but they have, you know, regular size feet. The average American male has like size 10, 10 and foot. So That's why you see a lot of those manufactured. A lot of those shoes have more stock whenever Nike's releasing uh, because there's just a higher amount of people to buy that shoe. So I'm going to be going after those, I think. I'm going to keep my eyes kind of on it. I have a bot that runs Puma, so maybe I'll get a couple pairs and then see if I can flip them and see if I can make some money on the shoe. Overall, the colorway, it's called the UFO. It's a completely, like, it's such a good looking shoe almost could be called something like an arctic looking colorway just the the colors on it are very clean very wearable it would look good if you just wore it out i I wouldn't probably wear it out but if you did want to wear it just to like go shopping or go to dinner or something it probably wouldn't look that bad and so it's it's a clean looking shoe compared to maybe like the galaxy colorway that they did a few i think a few weeks ago maybe even a month ago at this point where that thing just looked crazy but this shoe i think overall will be a very good looking shoe i think a lot of people want to play in it i think a lot of people have been hoping for a low model of this sneaker so i'm gonna be targeting this this week and seeing if maybe it's flippable so those are the sneaker releases for the week other than that maybe some stuff will pop up here and there i imagine nike may restock a couple pairs of maybe dunks i was seeing some people talk about that a lot of things that nike's been doing is really trying to restock around like special days and things like that so there's talks that maybe they'll do some stuff for Father's Day. Maybe they'll do like some restocks and dunks to try and get people to be able to give shoes to their parents and stuff like that and to their dad specifically for Father's Day. We'll see. We'll kind of see how things play out, but that's what I'm looking at for the, the week ahead. Now, other than that, I've been doing a lot of Amazon sourcing. I've had kind of a little bit of a breakthrough. I've been using Keepa, some of the tools that they offer on there. And the one thing that I think a lot of people sleep on is the Keepa product finder. And so what you can do with the product finder is if you have a brand that sells really well, or you have a certain category of products that sell and you, you like to sell in that category. Let's take uh, tools, for example, because that's, just, that's a simple category. If you like to sell tools, you can go and you can go into the Keepa product finder and it is basically a large filtration system for all of the ASINs, the Keepa monitors. And so what I'm doing in there is I'm going into there, I'm filtering out by category, I'm filtering out by my average sell price, so items, maybe I like to sell items that are around 20 to 30 bucks. So I'll filter anything larger than $20, maybe cut it off at $30 if I really want to get really specific, but I'll at least filter anything out less than $20 and I'll filter in only the category that I want to sell in. So in this case, we'll say tools. And then I'll go and set the buy box. I'll I'll set Amazon not on the listing because I'm looking for things that Amazon's not going to be competing with me against because when you're trying to compete with Amazon, they usually give themselves the buy box. They get things at a lot better price so they can kind of price things out a lot lower than you and kind of basically make you wait out or sell out of your stuff really low. And so that's something I try and avoid is trying to sell against Amazon. And then I filter out other stuff like digital products and all that kind of stuff because I don't want to have to sell against, uh, you can't, I just don't sell digital products on Amazon. And so what you end up with is a list of SKUs that you can sell in. And you can do different things. You can filter by brand. You can filter by, like what I like to do, I'll go and filter by either different uh, sellers that are out there that maybe sell similar to me that i found or filter by different brands. And you can type in like, keywords that you want to search by and then it'll pull in all titles that have all listings that have the keywords that you typed in in their title And now you can go through and say hey you know maybe i like to sell uh what's a tool brand that the people sell milwaukee right if you got ungated in milwaukee you could say hey i like to sell milwaukee screwdrivers and you just type in milwaukee screwdriver and anything that pops up that has milwaukee screwdriver in the name would be a listing, and now you set your parameters. Here, let's do it over $20. Let's say Amazon's not selling on it. You start to filter it down, to maybe you get a list of 100 or 200 products, or maybe it's even less than that. You can start to look and say, hey, based on the Keepa chart now, are these profitable or not? are these going to be something that I can sell? Let's go see if I can find it. And I know a good source for Milwaukee tools. Maybe you source all your Milwaukee tools at like Home Depot or Lowe's, or maybe you have a wholesaler. And then you go look and say, hey, are they selling this at a cheaper price than I can get it on Amazon? And if so, is it profitable to be selling it on Amazon as a, another sale? And so that's kind of how I've been working my way through it. It's been a lot more beneficial to me to look that way. A lot of people do go in store. They do sourcing in store. I'll go in store, I'll take some photos, and then I'll come home and i'll i'll evaluate the photos of the shelves at home because i have a lot more tools to work with on my computer my computer is a lot faster than my phone it has a better battery life because it's just always plugged into the wall and i have a lot more at my disposal with keepa and asin zen that's asin zen like asin a-s-i-n and then zen z-e-n and so using those tools it's been something that's been beneficial to me to be able to use on my computer because they have mobile tools but you don't have the screen space on a mobile phone that you have on a computer and my monitor at home is a 50 inch TV that I, I bought on like Black Friday for like 100 bucks and so I have that set up and so like I can put a bunch of different screens on it at one time and I can see all the data all in one very easy to evaluate screen. On my phone, I can't do that in store. And so, you take the photos in store of the shelves, you may look a little bit weird, bring them home, load them on the computer, and evaluate based on that. And you can do that. You can go and look up the, the different products. You can look up the different brands and all that kind of stuff on Amazon, but the reverse is also true, right? You can go to Keepa, you can look up different products that are selling well already, and then you can say, hey, can I find this at a Walmart or Target, a a Lowe's, a Home Depot, all these different stores. And if you can, you can make money on it, and then you can start to sell that. And the hope is that it's a replenishable product that, based on the Keepa graph, you can say, hey, this sells every month, 10, 15, 20, 100 times a month, and there's a lot of other sellers on it, but hey, if I, I price competitively and I can still make money at that price, I'll probably be able to win the buy box some of the time and be able to sell. And so that's what I'm going to be doing, and that's what I was doing this past weekend. I'll, I'll tell you what, it was a lot more interesting to me, and I was able to find way better products doing that. You can filter out by seller rank. That's nice to do. You can filter out by. You can even sort right once it gives you all the data. You can then sort it by the best seller rank, and so that's what I like to do and see what those best selling products are, and then maybe work your way down. I'd also encourage you not to get too discouraged by bestseller rank if it's high. There's plenty of reasons for that that aren't just that the product doesn't sell, and I don't think a lot of people that teach about Amazon talk about that, but it could it could have a high rank for a lot of reasons, right? It could have sold very well previously, and now it's hard to find it at a lot of stores, and maybe a lot of stores stopped carrying it for some reason you may have a local store, or you may have a source that you can find it at and get a pretty, a pretty decent price. And so it may have a high rank, but it may sell every time it's in stock on Amazon. So that's why it's it's good to look at the entire Keepa chart sometimes if the item doesn't have a sales rank. The other reason it could have a high rank is, is maybe you're looking at it and for some reason, the Amazon chart just doesn't track the rank on that product. That's another thing that happens sometimes. And sometimes there's just weird things that happen with Keepa. And so what I'm really looking for is to see if the sellers are going up and down and and just to see if the product seems to be going in and out of stock if there's no rank and all that kind of good stuff and if it looks like the product's going out of stock or it looks like the sellers are going up and then down and then up and then down typically they're not all sending in their product and then calling it back they're typically sending it in it's selling through and that's Kind of how the product is then going out of stock and so those are stuff i'll look for if it doesn't have a sales rank or the sales rank's really high because there are still a lot of products and again you can even look at the reviews if, if the reviews continue to go up on a product that means it's being purchased and typically from what i've heard reviews are every maybe 50 to 100 purchases or reviews made so if there's reviews that keep climbing and climbing and climbing you're not seeing a sales rank on a product you can pretty much infer that people are buying it because they're they're still leaving reviews. And who would go to a product that they're not buying and leave a review? Or who would go and leave, I mean, a lot of reviews on products, right? If they're really climbing up and there's no sales rank or the sales rank seems high, it's good to maybe look at that that review process and say, hey, are they still getting a lot of reviews on this? Maybe the sales rank's a little bit wonky. Maybe it's not being reported accurately by Amazon. Maybe Keep us not tracking it properly because, All in all, this is just a data collection site. That's all Keepa's doing, and so Keepa doesn't have some magical power. If something's wrong and they're not tracking this product properly, you could be getting faulty data on your end, and it doesn't happen often, but I've seen it happen, where it looks like a product's not selling, and then once you do a little bit of digging and you kind of look into it, you can see, hey, this product's probably selling. I can infer that it's selling because the sellers go up and down, meaning they're sending product in. It's selling, so one seller sells out of a product. Now there's less sellers. And it looks like the review count's going up and it looks like you know eventually the product goes out of stock and stuff like that. Different indicators like that can indicate that a product is selling even if it doesn't have the sales rank you would be looking for. And even if it doesn't have a, a low sales rank and it's higher, maybe 100, 200, 300,000, you may think, hey, that's that's not a good sales rank. Again, we're looking for products, at least I'm looking for products that are able to be resold consistently and maybe not a ton of times every month, right? But maybe if I can sell it five or six times, they may have a, a 200, 300,000 sales rank in some categories. And that's fine because at least I can sell it a few times a month and make some revenue. And if it's decent revenue, right? If I make a five bucks an item, then Hey, it may be worth it to get that and make 15 bucks an, a, an item there or 15 bucks, I guess a month on that item. You start to build up a list of those items that make you $15 a month. Well, if you have a, if you have 10 of those, or maybe you even have a hundred, well, that's, you know, 150 or $1,500 depending on how many SKUs you have, that can be valuable. And so I'm not maybe trying to go that that wide necessarily, trying to send in three of a product every month that sells only you know a couple times, but that's kind of the game here. Is trying to maximize the amount of SKUs or the amount of profitable items that I have. And then once I have a, a large amount of them, maybe niching down into ones that are selling better, trying to find better deals on them, maybe working with wholesalers and going that route as I build up my Amazon store. So that's what I'm working on right now, it's a lot. I'm trying to plug away through it and chip away at it bit by bit, but keep you informed as to what I'm doing and what I've been working on. And like I said, give that Keepa product finder a try. It comes standard with any Keepa subscription. You can use it and it's just a great tool to be able to look for new items that are selling on Amazon that you can source in most of your local stores or even online. So. That being said, I'm going to go. You guys have a great rest of your Sunday, and I'll talk to you tomorrow with another podcast. Have a good one. Peace.